1: Well, how we doing? Welcome to the show. A brand new week, a busy week in Omaha, a hot weekend in Omaha, and for the most part, a fun weekend at the College World Series. I'm Sean Styers. I am back from Omaha on uh, very little sleep. <laughs> I was gonna say he Man. couldn't have
2: gotten much.
1: I tell you what, we uh, my son and I went out and um, for our. Um, Irish breakdown readers, people you know, people who read the stuff on the website. If you've seen any of the photos on the website from from Omaha this weekend, we haven't had a ton, but you know, each story, you know, has had its own photo in there. My son was was down on the field or beside the field, you know, in the camera pits and all that stuff, taking photos for us. So, uh, so that was fun. And then we, uh, you know, so we stayed for the first weekend, came back early this morning. I can't even remember, you know, after the game last night, got all my stuff written up, got back to the hotel, I think somewhere after midnight, and we were up by four thirty this morning. Oh my to, to make the eight plus hour drive back home. So uh you know we were both a little wiped out so, but so you
2: weren't just texting me this morning when you left. You had already been on the road for a little while.
1: Yes. Wow. Yes. And that's that was four thirty Central Time, you know, five thirty okay. Eastern Time, but, but still, still, yeah, we've been on the road for a little bit.
2: You texted me right around seven, so yeah, you had already been on the road for a little bit. Um, wow, holy smokies!
1: Now I I just saw in our chat on our on our live YouTube stream that YouTube did not send out. He said DJ said YouTube didn't give him a notica- notification for this show. so
2: I, YouTube I, needs to step it up, baby. wonder
1: what's going on then. I mean, you know, we didn't... I, I know we had kind of a little uh, internet connection issue. I don't know if that had something to do with it, but the, the, the notification so. should have gone out over an hour ago, I think, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure when he set it up, but yeah, should, at very least about 45 minutes ago.
1: Yeah. So we've got a lot of College World Series talk that we're going to get to in today's show. He's Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Styers. And uh you know we've got um well, we've got a lot of college World Series talk. Vince and I are going to talk College World Series and I've got a guest who I Woo-hoo. saw uh, at the College World Series. he'll be coming up at um, about a half an hour or so into the show. Ryan Connolly he used to play uh, for Notre Dame and uh, he is now on the uh, staff at Kansas State University so Ryan will uh, will be with me as well and uh, you know Notre Dame made its first College World Series appearance in 20 years won their opener against Texas Friday then they lost their second game uh, last night to Oklahoma they're still alive in the elimination bracket you know starting at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon Auburn by the way with a couple of uh, a couple other Notre Dame alums at the helm Alan Green Uh, Another former Pulmonary Notre Dame player, he's the athletic director there. And a guy named Brant Ust, uh, who also played for Pulmonary in the 90s, he is the uh, baseball administrator. So, you know, like an assistant associate athletic athletic director there. So uh, they stayed alive. They beat Stanford in uh, in the other pools elimination game. So, you know, they are still uh, kind of alive and kicking there in Omaha in the other pools.
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to
3: do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: So, Vince, I guess, you know, let's just kind of start things off. It was a very uncharacteristic game for Notre Dame last night 14 strikeouts by the fighting Irish that was kind of the big one
2: that's the that's absolutely the big one because if anybody has been paying attention to the way Notre Dame has won games in the postseason it has been with their offense and it's not like Tennessee where it was home runs and all that now they hit home runs when they needed them when you know they came up big with home runs at times but their biggest thing was they just were not striking out I mean they They were putting the ball in play. They were making the defense make plays on them. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, they had seven strikeouts against Texas, but then 14 against Oklahoma. You can't strike out 14 times and expect to really do anything constructive offensively. And they had one big hit and it was a home run and that was a two-run shot. And that's how they got their two runs. And at the time, okay, it was five to nothing. Then it was five to two. You're like, okay, Maybe the bats are going to start to get a little bit hotter. Uh, I believe that home run was hitting like the sixth inning, so you still had a little bit of time. Um, You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'm going by memory here, Sean. But it was towards the latter half of the game when they hit that two-run shot. It was like, okay, maybe the offense is going to get flowing here. I mean, they did have seven hits, but they gave up 12 to Oklahoma. And the the seven hits just just weren't damaging hits. They weren't timely hits. They were leaving. They left five or eight men on base. I mean, you can't leave eight men on base and still be effective offensively. And what, what got them to where they are was offense, small ball, being aggressive on the base paths. And that I mean, none of that was evident in the game yesterday against Oklahoma. And it's unfortunate because it just wasn't the Notre Dame team that we have come to see. You know what I mean? I mean they yeah. they rolled through the pitching staff. I mean they just did not have a great outing by the pitching staff. They I will give them some props in that Oklahoma left twelve on base. So I mean Notre Dame did get themselves out of some jams here and there, especially early on before the, uh, the scoring started. So you're thinking, okay, they're holding on, they're holding on. They just need to get this offense going. It just never really happened. So the positive that you can take away, I saw somebody in the chat. Say, was there anything positive that you can take away uh, from this game? And to me, it was the fact that they prevented Oklahoma from getting everybody in that was on base. Twelve men left on base—that's a big number. And normally, you don't win a lot of ball games if you're leaving twelve men on base. But they got enough in, and they got the timely hits that Notre Dame just didn't get.
1: Yeah, you know, they—they they, Oklahoma offensively basically. Was what we saw from Notre Dame against uh, you know Texas in the Friday opener? Yeah, uh, doing things on the bases, dropping down the bunt, you know, doing little things, being aggressive, all that different stuff, and that's really what Notre Dame has been this season. And I asked Link Jarrett after the game. I said, you know, because he was kind of talking about the things that Oklahoma was doing, and I said, and I asked him, "Aren't you essentially, you know, you know, was it like?" sort of looking in a mirror, seeing what Oklahoma was doing, because those are the things that that you do. Yeah. And he, he's like, absolutely. And, you know, again, it goes back to the 14 strikeouts being the reason why they weren't able to get anything going offensively because their offense, again, like if you watched them Friday, and I realize that not everyone has, you know, watched this team throughout the season, but if you've watched them in this tournament specifically, if you watched them Friday against Texas in that College World Series opener, that's the thing they do it's you know like they're not a home run reliant team and i I wrote the story about it last week about the fact that this is a big ballpark what you need to do in this ballpark is just put the ball in play hard contact do things get runners on move them around that's what they did against texas when you strike out 14 times you're not able to do those things and like you know there was a ball i think that ryan cole just stung to right center field and again big alleys at this ballpark and they've been talking about it through the weekend you can't hit the ball to the big part of the park right now you know without the help of the wind and get it out you're going to get home runs in the bullpens and that's where you know two of the three home runs at Notre Dame sure. got they did get the one out late in the game against Texas you know, kind of more to right center field but you're not going to get too many of those out very often if you don't have a pretty good win behind it and again that's what we saw and you know From the Oklahoma point of view, Cade Horton is the reason why, you know, for all these strikeouts. And he's an interesting story. And I'm not sure, like, what they talked about on TV or not, you know, being in the press box and all that. But kind of the backstory with this guy, Horton goes six innings last night. He strikes out a career-high 11 before, you know, the bullpen got the last three. This is a guy, he was recruited to play quarterback and committed to Ole Miss to play quarterback. And then Oklahoma comes in, and they're going to let him do both, kind of like Kyler Murray did, you know, quarterback and baseball. Well, the guy ends up needing uh, Tommy John surgery on his elbow, so he has Tommy John. He starts the season in the bullpen, and that slider that he got all the, the, the strikeouts with, that wipeout slider, he didn't even develop that pitch until, like, midway through the season. So, like, this has just been coming on for this guy. His last four starts, 23 innings, He's given up eight total runs in his last four starts. Thirty-seven strikeouts, just six walks. And again, he learned that slider in the middle of the season, and it was just filthy last night. Every at bat almost yeah. was like a carbon copy of the last. You know, Notre Dame really had a hard time laying off, and I mean, you could see it with those eleven strikeouts that he had.
2: Well, and I will also say that one of the one of the things about Notre Dame that we loved, that we you and I both talked about last week in the last week's shows. It's just how prepared they looked offensively and just how in control they looked of the moment and all of those different things. And I'm not saying anything against Notre Dame in a, like that they weren't prepared for this game or whatever. Right. But because of the pitching, because of this kid, they looked like they were unprepared. They, they just looked yeah. like they were grasping at straws up at the plate and they were flailing and they were going after that slider and they had some ugly looking swings throughout the game and it looked like they were unprepared. And I know... That's not the case. That's not a Link Jarrett coach team, and it never will be. But that's the way it appeared. If you just came in from outer space and you decided I'm going to watch college baseball and I'm going to watch Notre Dame versus Oklahoma, that's what you would think. Like, wow, they they didn't even crack a book about Oklahoma or anything about them. They're just going up there swinging for the fences and trying. You know, they didn't look good. They just did not look good. Now it's baseball. It could be a one off. It could just be a bad day offensively. That happens in baseball. That's why they play 162 Major League Games. But the problem is you only get two bad days in the college world series. That's and it. Then you got to go home. So that's it. Notre Dame got their one, and now they have to play three consecutive elimination games if they continue to win. And that's gonna be a tall, tall task. And that's yeah. just to get to the series, to the, the final series, you got to win three.
1: And we're gonna talk about that road here in just a second. I just, you know, did want to mention. Carter Putts a four for four night last night, and then That's Lamana true. hit the home run. Really, you know, so those two guys combined to go five for eight again with putts with four of the hits, they were five for eight, the rest of the team three for twenty six. And yeah, I mean, just like we talked about, and let you know, some of the some of our listeners and viewers have said, you know, you do have less of a scouting report on you this do. guy be, because true. of the fact that, you know, again, this specific pitch, that slider, but I mean, he had He had nice velocity as well, depending on which radar gun you were looking at, 96, 97 miles an hour, pretty consistently, you know, 95 almost. But then the thing is, you know, then he could drop down, you know, 80 miles an hour on the change and and then that slider as well. You know, it was just a, a really tough combination for them. So, you know, they do have a tough road ahead. You know, and then on the other side, by the way, a little side note on this, Peyton Graham, the freshman shortstop for Oklahoma, 20 home runs this season. He had four hits last night and two stolen bases. He has 34 stolen bases this season, 20 home runs this season. You know, So a 20-30 guy. He's the first player since Barry Bonds for Arizona State in the early 80s with four hits and two stolen bases in a College World Series game. That's some pretty select company yeah. when you're talking about young Barry Bonds at Arizona State.
2: Yeah, Young Barry Bonds was an unbelievable player. There, there's no he he was a five tool player, as they say, and, and there's no question about that. So if you're lumping him in with the young Barry Bonds, that's a good thing for yeah. sure. Yeah, yep. it, it it was it was just there were there were at points it was hard to watch, obviously, if you're a Notre Dame fan. And now, there are again, I will say there are positives to take away from this game. Look, Notre Dame is incredibly deep with their pitching staff. Okay. And if you've got to win a bunch of games in a row here to get back to where you need to be, having a deep pitching staff is going to benefit you. I mean, they they ran out, what, seven pitchers last night, Sean? And only yeah. three of the runs that were given up were earned. Okay? Right. That's an anomaly for Notre Dame defensively as well, is giving up unearned runs. Okay? So the pitching staff didn't do a terrible job. Yes, they gave up too many hits. Yes, I believe that they gave up too many walks. Uh, they only had, but they, you know, they had six walks. That's too many. I, in my opinion, that's too many walks. And you can't give up 12 hits. But they only gave up three earned runs. So that's something that you can take away as a positive. You've got a deep staff. you got guys that throw strikes. You've got a chance to do what many are going to say is the impossible with what they have laid out in front of them. They have an opportunity. They have a chance.
1: Oh, for like, sure, for sure. I mean, again, it's it's a tall task. Now Notre Dame won its first game and then lost its second. And and from a games you've got to win to get to the championship series, it it actually doesn't matter if you lose your first game or your second. You know, as if you win one of those games, you know, sure. you can go one and zero or zero and one as long as you win one of those first two. You know, the biggest difference is if you lose your first one. Obviously, it's an elimination game. Oh, yeah. The rest of the, the way, pressure is different. But you still have to win four games if you lose one of those first two to get into the championship series. So, you know, again, Notre Dame went 1-0. There are four teams all time that have lost their first game and went, gone on to win national championships. Oregon State actually did it a couple of times. Yeah, so, okay. but, but but as you have alluded to, you've got to win three in a row now. I wanted to get, before we get specifically to that into sure. Texas A&M, the squeeze bunt last night you know again that was a a big difference in the game and and just you know again what link jarrett talked about doing stuff that notre dame did we saw notre dame friday against texas drop down the squeeze bunt, get a run home they've got runners at the corners will uh wallace clark drops down the bunt in the fifth first baseman carter putts picks it up throws to first and unfortunately it ends up going up the line and again that's an uncharacteristic miscue by a really good notre dame defense but it you know led to, they were going to get one run anyway most sure. likely but obviously it led to an extra run you know the best thing we saw from the defense actually last night was the relays from the outfield the play down yeah. in left field you know nice relay get it, third. you know he was yeah going for third you know they they get him out there and then of course that shot to right center field so it's it's uh, early in the fourth inning runner at first john spikerman And uh, Peyton Graham rips that oppo single into kind of right center field there. Spikerman decides to try for third base. So here's Brooks Coetzee. You know, the throw beats him by at least six feet. And here's Spikerman with that headfirst dive. And again, it looks like, okay, it's going to be an easy play. Well, the ball comes loose. And when the ball came loose initially, I did not see what exactly happened. I just kind of thought it bounced off the bag. Well, obviously... It bounced off the third base coach, and I was sitting there wondering, shouldn't that be, you know, like interference on the third base coach? Because, like, if you're the, the, basically the rule is, if a if a coach interferes with the ball, then it would have been an out, or uh, it, it would have not it, it, not not it would have been an out. It would have been interference on him, and the runner would have been safe. But since it was like an in, inadvertent contact, like it was right there. That's why it ended up being what it was. Spikerman had no idea. He thought he was out. He's just kind of standing there going, how was I out? And then the next thing you know, he actually is out because Jack Brannigan picks up the ball because it bounced off the third base coach <laughs> and Brannigan was able to scoop it up and, and tag him out without him even really knowing what was going on.
2: I To go back to the squeeze bunt situation, I uh-huh. absolutely love that call from an offensive standpoint. i you know, um trying to hold back a sneeze here, but uh, I, I love... The the squeeze bunt, making the defense make a play. Me too. you know, and Especially in the College World Series, you have an opportunity to get a run on the board. You never know how important that run's going to be, right? And that run was going to score regardless because of that bunt. I love that play. That That's why, and I'm sure you did the same thing, everybody in my lineup at the high school level knows how to bunt. We practice it every single day. Everybody needs to know how to bunt because you never know when you're going to get that opportunity to lay down a squeeze, or what the situation's going to be, put that baby in play, and let's see what happens. Force the other team to make a play. Yep. Most of the plays are routine, but you'd be surprised how many of those routine plays just aren't made, even in the College World Series. So I love that call. It was the right call because they would have scored. It was an even better call because Notre Dame muffed it, and they threw the ball into right field. And again, you're forcing them to make a play, I love it. I absolutely love it. Even though it hurt, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame makes that call in the same situation. Yeah, you know, then too. So, and
1: that's that's part of why you see more bunting at the college level than you see. You know, because at the at the major league level, by the time those guys get there, even though obviously you have defenders of varying degrees, you're still talking about professional defensive players. You've got varying degrees of of defenders in college and. Make the defense make a play. Like when Palmoneri was at Notre Dame, that was that, you know, they bunted quite a bit in that and and you know, put the ball in play, make the yeah. defense make plays, all that. And they're also their philosophy when they were on defense receiving a bunt, it was never get the lead runner. It was throw the ball first, get the out, make sure you make the fundamental play. You know, that and you know, that's what Notre Dame tried last night. Just unfortunately, Absolutely. they weren't quite able, you know, to get together on that. Um, Ryan Connolly, again, former Notre Dame player, he's gonna be joining us here in a few minutes. I just got a text from him, so he's gonna be joining in in a few, but it is do or die yep. for Notre Dame right now. And again, they've got to win three elimination games in three consecutive days. And the big uh so a couple of things about tomorrow. Uh, you know, Texas AM, two o'clock. Uh it, again, if if you haven't been watching the College World Series so far, there have been two games that have gone four hours. In this college world series, and guess who was involved in both of them? Notre Dame, Texas A and M. Oh, Texas
2: A and M. Uh, yes, I, say, I didn't think the Notre Dame games were that long, but no,
1: so maybe Texas A and M. Oh, we've, got, uh, we've uh, got,
2: I got. I got it. I got it.
1: Funtime girls, trying to join in the. There we go. In the chat on YouTube. <laughs> they want to. Jim Schlossnagel, longtime TCU coach, is the head coach in his first season at Texas andm and nobody really expected them to get to the college World Series this year but here they are he got uh, TCU to the College World Series five times uh, including four straight from 2014 to 2017. their basic approach at the plate is just grind it out they're gonna they're gonna take strikes they're gonna take a lot of pitches they want to work walks sure and, and that's why you see the high pitch counts like I think yesterday, Uh, The total that they had against Texas, the total pitches that Texas had to throw in that game was just shy of 200. And you know, so that's a nine-inning game. A pitching staff has to throw 200 pitches. So that's kind of what Texas A&M yeah wants you to do. You know, so that's 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 what Notre Dame is going to have to combat tomorrow. You know, see, I think that benefits Notre
2: Dame though, don't you? I mean, they've got such a deep staff.
1: If you can throw, if you can throw strikes early in the count. That's what benefits right. Notre Dame. And exactly. that's the biggest question now for the fighting Irish. What are they going to do from the pitching standpoint? Yeah. Because here's what happens now when you're in these elimination situations, because again, you've got to win tomorrow to get to the next day, but you've got to win three games in a row to get to the championship series. Like, so they've got to beat Texas A&M tomorrow and then they would have to beat Oklahoma twice. Oklahoma, yeah. you know, Oklahoma's is going to be sitting there regardless, you know, so that's right. going to kind of be where they are. And like, Go back to the 2010 College World Series, for example. There's this guy. He was a lefty from South Carolina named Michael Roth. And he was this lefty. They barely used, you know, not barely. They used him a lot out of the bullpen, but he was basically like a lefty specialist. So South Carolina finds themselves in the exact situation as Notre Dame. They've got to win all these elimination games. So here comes Michael Roth. They decide against Clemson in their last elimination game. They're going to start Michael Roth guy who'd never started a game before. And what's he do? He goes out and throws a three hit complete game. (laughs) But what I'm saying is if you're going to get through this, you don't necessarily have to be Michael Roth and and throw a three hit complete game. You're going to have to get somebody though to kind of come out of nowhere and overperform and do something that you really weren't, that you probably haven't seen them do all year. You know, like, like back, when Paul Palmineri was at Notre Dame, I think it was 2003, similar situation. Matt Laird pretty much had been a reliever, you know, for most of his life. They, they're they in the Big East Championship game now, and you need somebody to step up. Matt Laird gave them a complete game, and they won the Big East Championship. You know, So you're going to need that kind of thing. My question is, do you start Jack Findley, the guy yeah. who was so good, the, the freshman All-American lefty, so good in relief against Tennessee in the Super Regional, do you start Findlay, or do you, you know, do you, you push him to the bullpen like they did last week? What do you think, Vince?
2: No, that's a really good question. finley has been your best arm out of the bullpen. They didn't go to him yesterday. I don't believe out of the seven. No, guys. they did not. And they had
1: him up. They had him up they early. They had him up but in the they first Ended up inning. going to Terrell instead. Yeah, yeah.
2: They had him up in the first inning and they decided not to go with him, and which surprised me a little bit. But okay, I mean that's fine. I, I I've trusted uh, you know Link Jarrett. Uh, up to this point and, and uh, his whole staff, they, they know what they're doing with the pitching staff. But I think that there's merit to starting Finley. He, he's been your most consistent guy. He, it's almost like he's too young to even know what's going on out there. He's just going out there and throwing his stuff and doing his thing. And right. in an elimination game like that with, you know, 17 seventh year seniors behind him or whatever, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously exaggerating, but they've got a ton of seniors. they got a lot of leadership out there. He just needs to just go out there and do his thing. I think there's a lot of merit to starting him tomorrow. See where he can go. The pro, you know, the devil's advocate side of that is okay. Well, if he goes out there and he throws four or five innings, obviously you burned him for the next game. You burned your best arm out of the bullpen for the next game.
1: But well, but again, you, don't, you know, you're you you're going to have to burn somebody because you, yeah, because you know, I get that. because your options are you know like they started Liam Simon last week and then finley comes in in relief because you know because the, it it ends up being a short start for simon you had another short start last night i mean so right. you've got arms right. available you know again it's like you 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 can't pitch based on well i want to have this guy in 2 days every sure. day now because it's yeah, an elimination so game you can't think like, and that was you've got to get through yep. today and then you think about tomorrow when that, it gets that there. was
2: going to be my exact point you have yeah. to win tomorrow in order to play any other games anyway he'll he'll get 8 months of rest he'll be okay right. You know, but you have to play to win, and that's exactly what I would do.
1: Before we bring our guest in, Ryan Conley, who knows a lot more about you know (laughs) all this than than either one of us, knuckleheads. We're we're going. We got a question from KMac. He said, "Sorry, late to the show. What is Notre Dame baseball playing for at this point?" I'm new to following postseason college baseball. My bad if you've covered it already. And you know, it's a it's a perfectly legit question because I think there are a lot of people who kind of have that same question because they don't follow it all. You know, again, they're in the elimination bracket now, but if they can win, they have to win three games in three days. If they can win those three games, they'll be in the, the college world series championship series this weekend, which gives them, a you know, they're playing for a national championship at that point. So they're still in that conversation. You've just got to win yep. a few games. So precious that, just a little bit. That's right. With that. There's Ryan Conley. How you doing, Ryan?
4: Shawnee, what's up, man? How are
1: you? Can you guys hear me okay? (laughs) We can hear you great. Can you hear us all right?
4: Awesome. Vince, how are you? I'm doing great, man.
2: Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Um, Pleasant surprise
1: seeing a name come through this morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So Ryan, again, he played for Notre Dame, um, freshman in 2006, correct? We were talking about this the other night. Freshman in 2006, graduated in... 9 from Notre Dame and uh, he has worked in the college baseball world for a long time he's had stops at Virginia Tech at Oklahoma he is now the director of baseball operations at Kansas State University where Pete Hughes is the head coach uh, you know a guy that uh, we used to see back in those old biggies days at Boston College when you know again back in the pulmonary uh, days but uh, you know saw you this week it was it was really cool first of all. Ryan, to see, and I talked to Chuck Ristana, we all, after the, after the win over Texas, um, a lot of people went over to the team hotel, which was right across the street uh, from Charles Schwab stadium, walk in the lobby and there's, you know, like a bar and there's just people everywhere, you know, most of them wearing green and blue and gold and everything else. And there were just a lot of former Notre Dame players there, you know, from, from, Spanning all eras, and I talked with Chuck Rostano, the pitching coach, real quick, and he thought, you know, just said how cool it was to see this team in the College World Series, but so many guys from so many different eras of Notre Dame baseball there. What did you think of all that?
4: Uh, It was a a pretty awesome 36 hours, man, you know, and and, um, I, I haven't worn the monogram like that in a while, you know, and, and not that it ever comes off, but in my line of work, you, you, you gotta be emotionally invested in who's paying your bills, you know? That's exactly and, right. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the last big event I, I was at was, uh, I was at Virginia tech and football came out and played. I was at 15 maybe or something like that. And, um, Sounds right. something that I, know the, I know the stadium was still under the construction, so it's been a little while and, uh, I wore black, you know, I think I had green <laughs> underneath, but I wore black, you know, and, and, uh, there was plenty of Hokies, but, no, to be there this weekend and to be fully, man, back in the mix with with the ND family and to see, you know, I think there was players there from '95. You know, Coach Maneri's one of his first teams to guys that were younger that I didn't even play with were back there to to support. It was it was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I thought so as well. And get you know, again, like just to see to to see the interaction with you know whether it was '95 guys or you know. The 2002 guys or the 2004, and like, you know, you and what you and Ross Brosowski and and Javi Sanchez all got an Airbnb together, you know, and it's like again, kind of an intersection, you know, of guys from from some different eras, but you know, everyone over there hanging out. It was just really cool to see all you guys all together and and all supporting the team like that. You know what what's it mean to you? You know, you were talking about you, you know, you your main obligation is to who's paying the bills, but as, as a Notre Dame alum and a guy who's played in this program, what's it mean to you to see this team out there in Omaha right now?
4: It's, it's pretty special, man. Um, You know, I honestly, I got in the profession because I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of it, you know, and, and, uh, and getting it back to this place. And um, I still, to this day, probably the best team I've ever been a part of was my, my freshman year, you know, uh, team won, I think 23 games in a row. Uh, Paul's okay. last year, and and um, it was a senior laden team. Crazy similarities. Very veteran, mature, um, fundamentally sound. Been through the fire. That that group was. It also had I think four or five big leaders on it, which helped. Um, <laughs> but that team was
0: always true. The
4: team was special, and and uh, you know we we fell off a little bit, and to see it all come kind of full circle back, um, really proud. I remember texting Chuck the night you know Sunday after beating Tennessee, and just said. Proud man, like we are, just so proud. And our group, there's a group text. There's probably eight or nine of us in it. It's active every day, you know. And and that's rarely awesome. does it ever talk about baseball. And that's that's all we've talked about in the last ten days. And it's been it's been pretty cool.
2: Ryan, I, I know you were kind of in the green room when we were talking about the possibility of Jack Finley coming as a true freshman and starting, you know, the, the elimination game tomorrow, and being surrounded by all those seniors and the graduates for that matter. You were a freshman on a very senior-laden team. Can you just kind of, from a freshman's perspective, you know what that was like, knowing, yeah, I got a bunch of guys, you know, that got my back that have been doing this for a while.
4: Sure. I mean, it, for me, it was a little different than Jack. I wasn't getting ready to pitch in the World Series and, and getting these <laughs> you know, the last three outs of, of a game. I was broke, man. I had surgery that year and redshirted. But um, when you're around a team where the culture's so strong, no one feels like a freshman. You know what I mean? And that's that's a sign of a good culture. We're all in the same fight together, right? Our goals are the same, and you know whether it's you know getting the big at bat or getting the last three outs, they're all important no matter where they, who they come from, right? And uh, the leadership on that team that I was on was tremendous, and the leadership on this team is is pretty evident, you know. Yeah. And uh, Jack's got some some stone clad cojones, man. I hope PG is cool, but I mean. It, there is zero fear whatsoever, man. So you would never know that kid's a freshman on the mound. No,
1: no. kidding. Well, and you were kind of, you know, sitting in, in, in the waiting room, so to speak, you know, waiting waiting to come on when Vince and I were talking about, so what do you do? You know, what do you think about, like, you know, not specifically to Finley, but, but, you know, we were talking you got to do what's best to get you through day one before you can think about day three. I mean, do you do you kind of agree with, with what we were talking about there?
4: That's the tough part of getting in this side of the bracket, you know. Um, it's it's so important, one, to win game one. Javi and Ross, I were talking about, hey, Texas, that was the national championship game, honestly, because yeah. winning that first one and, and getting a jump start into the winner's side is huge. Um, uh, now you're on the other side. You figure out tomorrow – you know, win tomorrow and then you figure out what you got the next day. You can't save bullets. You know, we were going back and forth. Yeah, yesterday during the game is, all right, do you bring Finley in? Do you not bring him in? We were down four at the time. And, um, you know, I, I know a little bit about the team they were playing and and we are still in that game. Yeah. We a couple barrels away from kind of a little chink in the arm in that bullpen and it could have taken off, but we just couldn't get anything going really offensively. So, okay. Hold on to Finley because you're going to have to win some baseball games, you know, ahead of you. Now I I think you go all in tomorrow and then you figure out the next day when we get there. So, well,
1: and like you said, you're familiar, you're, you're in the big 12 at Kansas state with, with Texas and Oklahoma. And you, I think you guys went three and three against those two teams this season, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, so, I mean, you guys have seen them. this, this Oklahoma team is—is is what we saw last night. Is that pretty much a consistent reputation of of what you guys? And, and I know they're different this year than last year. Like they didn't steal many bases last year. They—I think it, it took them like sixteen games or something like that to get to the stolen base total they had last year. They run crazy, don't they?
4: They're—that's they're, uh, definitely a different look, especially offensively. Um, yeah, you know, to to win this thing, you either uber talented above everybody else or you're just, you're getting hot at the right time. And I I don't know, you know, with with Tennessee not being in it because they were uber talented. I don't know that any team really jumps out that they're way more talented in any aspect of the game than than anyone else. Right. Um,
1: Yeah. But
4: you have a couple of teams that are just hot as a firecracker right now. And I'll use one of them. They're confident, they're feeling themselves and and they're dangerous when they're going offensively because they run so much. The second they get to first base, you're going to get more fastballs, you know. You're going to get guys trying to be quick to the plate, slide step. You're getting advantage counts, at least to offense. Um, you know, and, and Arkansas is another team, too, that kind of didn't have a very Arkansas-esque year, but yeah, had to go on the road for the first time, do it the hard way. But they're getting hot, man, at the right time, and they could be pretty dangerous in this thing. So, um, But, yeah, that, that Oklahoma team is – I don't know they were quite that. Even when we got them but they're definitely different and and they haven't slowed down. Um, They haven't slowed down. They're, they're on fire right now. That's a good team. They're hot. That's a good team. You know, and and Horton Horton last night too, that's, he was, that's a kid coming off TJ, you know, but it's 16 months in now when we got him, he started game two against us, but really as like an opener. Um, And it was limited, you know, so they were just starting to get him stretched out. So for him to, Again, the group text was going. I'm like, it's gonna fizzle out by the third. It, ha- it has to almost. Right. You know, you're kind of expecting it to do that, you're hoping so for would. him to. You're right, exactly. But for him to <laughs> hold on to that velo and his stuff and have the feel of his breaking ball like he did was, I mean, you, you do want to hey, tip your cap, right? Um, it was a pretty special outing by that kid last night.
1: So, on him, we were talking about that slider. Everyone in Omaha is talking about the fact that this is a guy who has really just, it sounds like, been, he kind of found that slider late in the season. You know, like, so I, I, it sounded like it was in May even at some point yeah. that he, how, how different does he look, you know, right now, especially with that slider that he used so well last night against the Irish?
4: Yeah, if I remember right, it was really more just kind of, hey, I'm going to come at you with velocity and, and more the breaking ball. And uh, you know those guys with the true breaking ball can struggle with strikes. That's a tougher pitch to land. So I think having that slider just kind of complements something he could spin in the zone uh, more consistently. And a lot of, you know, saying the 16 months post TJ, for a guy to have that kind of feel of his spin and landing it for strikes is really impressive. And then he did it, you know, in front of thirty thousand people in in Omaha too, at the same time. From a, a kid who's he's a freshman from an experience standpoint. Um, so yeah, he, he was a he was a little different dude last night for sure.
1: Here's what I want to know in this group this group text that you former players have going on. Who's the one who's like always like who's who's the loudest in the group text? Of that group. It's,
4: <laughs> Sam Elam. I don't it's, I don't even think it's close. Uh That's a blast from the past for you, Shani. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> old
1: lefty. Uh,
4: yeah, Sam, Sam is definitely, he's got Sam's got what? Four, four girls now, three girls, three girls, four girls. So whenever he can break away and get a little conversation in with, <laughs> with the guys, he's, he's doing it. So he's usually leading the charge uh, in the group text. <laughs>
1: Ryan, I'll, I'll throw a a question to you from, uh, from our chat here from, um, one of our viewers, what, what adjustments do you think Notre Dame can make now to, you know, to Texas A&M different opponent, but, but what, what, what potential adjustments do you think that they can make to, to get through an elimination game Tuesday?
4: You don't, there's no adjustments. That team is so veteran and experienced and tough, um, we did, we ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw last night. Um we gotta play a little cleaner. You know, we, we threw the ball around there and went the third inning and that cost us a little bit momentum more than anything. Um but I, I don't think we're we're way too late in this thing. You gotta you gotta lean on your foundation <laughs> and trust and trust who you are, you know, and to think we're gonna flip something and create some magic. Well, that's not it. Just you 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 have, you stick to who you are and and you play you play clean defense and you'll be be in good shape.
1: Let me ask you this, because it was uncharacteristic for Notre Dame to strike out 14 times. And we're sitting here and, and, you know, we're praising Cade Horton. But again, you know, this is a guy that that slider has been, you know, again, something that has been developing as the season has come along. And, And one thing about this coaching staff that we've talked about before is the preparation they're able to do and some of, you know, some of the advanced scouting and stuff like they're able to do against these opponents, how much maybe? Could that have factored in into the night that Notre Dame had? Just that there wasn't, you know, a whole lot of familiarity maybe with what this guy was really going to bring to the table last night.
4: Sure. I mean, hundred percent. I can tell you we go into games and, and the hitters will get they'll get ticked off at you, but we're gonna give them the plan. Hey, this is what our eyes tell us on film. This is what we've gathered. And hey, he only lands his breaking ball statistically 30% of the time. So we're gonna we're Xing that thing out. Well, guess what? Sorry, tonight boys he had it. What are we going to do, you know, and and, and you hope to make maybe some in-game adjustments um, and, and not let that, you know, string together four or five innings of, of unproductivity. But sometimes it's just not your night. And last night wasn't our night. We, we got beat last night, you know, for one of the first times in a while.
1: So, And if you can't tell by listening to Ryan, he, you know, he went to Notre Dame, but he's a, a New York State native you can hear a little of that uh new york you know he's lived in the midwest for a while now but you can hear a little of that midwest in his voice or not the uh, new york in his voice I, and uh, that 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 was that kind of struck me the other night but uh so, so they're two and oh or not they're not two and oh oklahoma is two and oh and you know and that's the most important thing because now you're in the driver's seat as that two and oh team they don't have to play until Wednesday. And kind of when you look at where they are, how much do you think that helps them in terms of, of their pitching depth and all that kind of stuff?
4: I mean, it's, it's huge. Yeah. I, you know, I, thinking about it last night. Okay. When do you bring Jake Bennett back, you know, um, to right. see throw Wednesday, does he throw Thursday or do you, can you get by and, you know, be able to have him still throw game one of the final, maybe you have a little more leeway in the winter side to, to make decisions like that versus Notre Dame, who we're just saying you got to use Finley at some point early. Like you you got to win today to get to tomorrow. They're not necessarily with their backs against the wall. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, they're, they're going to be fully charged. That's the beauty of being on that side. And and you're going to give Trevin Michael another two days. You know, he threw a lot in the last three, through two innings. we two and a third or two innings, and I think, God, last forward. night to get that yeah. save. So um, you give him two days rest they'll be fully charged up and, and, and dangerous for whoever they have to play. Um you know I just I think I think a big thing at least in game one will be do you see Jake Bennett you know start that thing and, and that's he's a real deal that, that's a true ace right there.
1: So yep absolutely and well you know and then the other thing is would they consider bringing back Horton even on Thursday potentially yeah. or you know would they you know because again And we were talking about that on the drive home. You know, here's a guy who is coming off Tommy John and a, a, you know, potential first round draft pick, you know, so I I would think that some of that has to weigh into the decision as well. You know, if you're even going to consider that, you know, maybe you see him for a couple innings, I get you know, because like there's a bullpen that he would have somewhere in there, but Notre Dame or whoever is going to have to force that before that even happens, I guess.
4: Yeah, I'd, I'd be stunned if you see Horton you know, before the weekend, before just, the weekend just because of his up. background. I mean, that, that'd be, that be, that'd be scary to see him out there and, you know, 100, when he throw hundred pitches, you know, and, and uh, um, I, I doubt you'd see him, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Bennett on, on certainly one of those two days. You probably have to see him on one of those two days, um, but they're, they're you know, I, I don't know that that's the strength, you know, um, mm-hmm. of the team necessarily. Michael's been hot. He's, he's the about really well a year, but, you get past that front line, and and you got to get him out of the game, though, in the fourth or fifth. You can't you can't let him hang around to the sixth, seventh inning, and, and let him get to, to Michael.
1: Well, I know you guys didn't see Texas A and M this year. Interestingly, you guys played Auburn early in the season, and they just stayed alive yep. today. But uh, Texas A and M is Notre Dame's opponent. You've seen Jim Schlossnagel enough because he was at TCU in the Big Twelve, you know, where you guys were for a long time he always they always had really good pitching at TCU you know they had some good offense too but it seemed like the pitching was really what carried them I mean they really just with all the you know the, the we were just again talking before you came on about Texas there have been two four-hour games so far in yeah. the first weekend Texas AM and <laughs> played in both of them they're taking a lot of pitches, just grinding out these at bats. Is that kind of what you saw from schloss teams when he was at TCU as well?
4: Yeah, that that's it's it's painful sometimes, honestly, because they don't swing. Um and and when they get to first base, I, I haven't studied AM a, a ton this year. Um it seems like they slug it a little bit more, but you know, the TCU teams, those guys are dangerous when they get to first base. Um kind of like Oklahoma. They're very good on the bases. They know what they're doing as far as stealing bags, they want to go, go, go. And it just it it forces you to to pay attention and throw more fastballs and well that in soon leads to you know more home run numbers and slugging numbers going up um, which I feel like is what we've seen more from AM this year um, that that's a team that they they hit it right in the portal man when they first got there they had some transfers and 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 they missed they got some good ones and they all been pretty productive for them um, you know I, that's a team though that you kind of wonder have they reached that point in their pitching though that we maybe kind of take a little bit of an advantage, you know, right. Four hour games, you are using arms, you know, they've given up the runs too, to get to this. There's play. a lot of
1: heat, you know, it's been really hot and muggy so far in Omaha yep. and that takes its toll on pitching st- you yep. know, if you're throwing all those pitches.
4: No, no doubt. So uh, I like our matchup. I really do. I, you watch the, the regional, you know, the weather kind of screwed us game one and we, we got rid of, bird train early and then had to win that game pretty much, I mean, matching up the entire way. And I remember thinking, Holy smokes, we are deep, you know, in in the bullpen and and guys with some stuff, guys that throwing off strikes. Um, So I I like where we're at, honestly, you know, and and, uh, as far as matching up for the next two days, you're trying to get back into at least a, a winner take all to head to the final. Right.
2: Sure. Ryan, if you're putting together the game plan for tomorrow from a pitching staff standpoint, you just you just said, you know, AM, they want to look at a lot of pitches. They want to get you deep into your counts, you know, that kind of thing. What are you instructing your staff to do against this AM team?
4: Strikes, make them hit their way on. I mean, honestly, right. make them hit their way on. You got to get strike one. Um, which I felt like you're gonna ask you're taking that question towards, okay, do we start Finley or not? You know, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's my it, next all question. all that shit does is build up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he fills it up. And yeah. Um, I think my only question with that is just how much length are you gonna get out of him? You know, um I I don't know I don't know him enough, you know, to say, okay, yeah, he's built up to go five. You know, do we need him to go five? Um or do you you start somebody, whoever that that third starter would be? Um
1: and well he was starting some midweek games, you know, and then kind of when the postseason got here, you know, more bullpen. So far. So he has started a few games, you know, this season. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I, I think he's a what strike you,
4: throwing machine. That's so. it.
1: That's it. If you know, if you've got a team that wants to stand there and, and take a bunch of pitches and, and, yep. you know, let you help them, put them on base. I'm, <laughs> I say, I think throw the guy out there, you know, is going to pound the strike zone Absolutely. early on. And, and, you know, hopefully you get a lead out of that. And then, then again, you piece it together after that, I think.
4: Correct. I, I mean, you look at you look at a numbers a little bit. I, I was pulled them up before we we jumped on. And, um, you know, the first two guys that, that have started for him, um, Dallas and I think Detmer, maybe those guys are throwing the ball pretty well. And then Palish out of the pen. And I think it's one of the guys that's after that, it, it does kind of fall off a little bit. You know, so, again, we're pretty veteran offense. And in and, and that part, too, you know, AM has slugged it pretty well. That park is not built for a team to hit home runs, you know. Um, so yep. I feel like our veteran lineup is pretty disciplined to be able to go out and what we did against Texas. Right. You know, two solo home runs, sure, but we banged out with 11, 12 hits that night, you know, and, right. and to win that game. So that's probably what it's going to take.
1: And that seems like the big thing is just get back to being that team. You know, if, if they're right. able to kind of flip – Flip back. Look more like Oklahoma looked last night, which they typically do. They look like that. I think they've got a you know a chance to beat anybody, and and put together three straight wins. No. So, no doubt, no doubt. We'll be rooting for them. That's for sure. That's right. David Solomon in our chat said Oklahoma's lineup dominated by freshmen and sophomores, and uh, their window of opportunity for the next few years could be scary. And that's absolutely right. You know, like that shortstop Peyton Graham is probably, you know, he's going to be one of those first round picks. He's only a freshman. He'll be a first round pick. I'm sure when he's a junior, they'll probably be talking about whether or not he's the first overall pick and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, for sure. But so tomorrow on Tuesday, it is Notre Dame and Texas A&M. That game will be at two o'clock Eastern time. And obviously this show goes live at six o'clock. And so, you know, again, if if Texas A and M script goes as planned, <laughs> it'll be a four hour game, and it'll be wrapping up about the time that we're starting the show up. But you know, we'll, so we'll come in and we'll have instant analysis from uh, tomorrow from the Tuesday Notre Dame Texas A and M game, and then hopefully they are uh, able to keep alive the rest of the week. If they win Tuesday, they'll play at the same time Wednesday, and okay. I haven't looked at Thursday yet. You know, but again, they've hey, got one game that at far a time, and, baby. One yeah, game at a time. That that's right. That's right. Well, thanks as always, Vince. Thanks yes, to right. Ryan Connolly as well, even though he couldn't hear me at the end, <laughs> end with my microphone issues. But uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Again, fun weekend. It's always, it, you know, it's just awesome to have Notre Dame baseball to talk about yes, at it this is. time of year in the College World Series. You get to pull out
2: the Notre Dame baseball t-shirt from way back when, yeah, like this baby. Baby. But a I even know
1: if you could see it, I got, you know what my, oh. my college world series t-shirts on nice. today from the weekend. So yeah, nice. it's just a lot of fun. It was again, cool to see so many uh, former Notre Dame players out there supporting yeah. this current team. It was That's really so cool. cool to see that. Yep. Yeah. And again, good luck as well to Auburn in the other pool led by two former Notre Dame baseball players on the administrative side. Alan Green is the athletic director at Auburn. My son, Jesse, is going to have a story about meeting the Auburn athletic director, Alan Green, after Friday's game. That'll be on Wednesday's show. But uh, Brant Ust, a guy uh, who I I believe had the career home run record at Notre Dame prior to Nico Cavadas breaking it last year. Brant Ust is the baseball administrator for that Auburn team as well. So a couple of former Notre Dame guys done there with Auburn in their run of the college world series as well. So there's a lot of Notre Dame flavor in the college world series. Beautiful. This season. Yep. All right. Well, that is going to do it for tonight. Again, Vince, thank you. And thanks to Ryan Conley as well. And uh, we will uh, talk to you on Tuesday's show right after Notre Dame and Texas and hopefully after Notre Dame and Texas A&M and they're not, hopefully there's not still yeah, playing. That's, that a, good yeah, that's a good point. That's going on. Good point. That's right. Sir. That's right. But we will do it then. So we will talk to you then here on IB Nation Sports Talk.